Welcome to AEC Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. Greetings, programs. I'm Adrian. And that's it for the show. Good night, we'll, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Uh, Adrian, okay, we'll see you in two weeks, and we'll call it a night then. Okay, bye. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, not quite. It's padded. Um, it's a padded table. So well, and I don't know how much that'll pick up on the mic also. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. We'll see, we'll see how that goes in editing. <laughs> if I even decide to leave that in at all. I may just say, you know what, screw it. It's not worth it. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but we're back, everybody. Hi. Uh, it is stupid hot outside yet again. Mm-hmm. We complained about it last week. I'll complain about it this week. Uh, I'm I, not. I see a. I see a problem. I actually hear a problem. You just like to complain. Uh, You're kind of a nag. Yeah, when it's hotter <laughs> than. You know what? When it's hotter than 80 degrees. Yeah, I'll complain about it. And no, it's below 80. It's in the 70s. I might still be uncomfortable. I won't. It won't be that big of a deal. But when it's 80 or more in Ohio with our humidity. Sucks. Yep. My car at lunchtime said it was a 102. Yeah. I went to restore on lunch today and I was like, oh, I should have left the windows open when I was at work. So when I got done, when I got back to the store, you better believe I cracked the windows open. I was like, it's not going to rain. It'll be fine. Yep. And I was a lot happier coming home than I was on my lunch break. Yep. Uh, but anyway, that's why we do this in the pot in the basement where it's nice and cool year round. Uh, it's pretty much the same temperature down here. And it, also because this is where I actually have room everything be set up so that's the real reason but that's comfort but the comfort is a nice thing i mean i listened to um adam's podcast uh the fandomonious and they have it in a room in their house and like oh they have to shut off their ac and heat in that room so depending on the time of the year it can be very uncomfortable pretty fast yeah like oh that would suck at least here i, I can shut the furnace off still but it's the basement it's the same temperature we'll be fine uh so sorry adam that you have to deal with unpleasant temperatures sometimes but the the joy of doing your podcast it's what you put into it yep blood sweat and tears they do a good job they too. do a good job yeah uh, i listen to them they're starting to do twitch podcasts too i don't know if you yep have followed along with that but yep i gotta give him a call you should yep. uh so yeah anyway enough with that side tangent let's talk about our theme of the week um gatekeeping from a certain point of view um, no, this week, Adrian said he wants to read Lady Mechanica because it's been much of a comic book day issues, right? For like the last four or five years, it issue there's, zero has been. There's always a free comic book day yeah, issue. Yeah, and Lady it's always Mechanica. the same one. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, sure, let's go with that. I've always been intrigued with it. Yeah, it's like half of the first issue, issue zero, and it's like this. I hit the cable. Uh, I've always just been intrigued by it. Uh, so with that, I came up with the idea today of, uh, I don't know what to talk about. So let's talk about what's on our bestsellers list of the last 12 months. So let's talk about bestsellers. So, uh, we have a list of books that are on our bestsellers of the last 12 months. It looks like it's roughly one, two, three, four, five, roughly, roughly 30 books that are on our bestsellers list. Basically we had our bestseller section like, okay, let's just fill a display. So we'll see however far that goes. Uh, we try to try to eliminate any sequels. Like if it's die volume one is like number two, if it's volume, if it's number five also like, okay, we'll just leave that slot for a different book because it, it's the series. You'll get it yeah. at that point or not. And let's focus on some other books. Uh, so Adrian what is the first one on the bestseller list in no particular order of number one to number 30, something that you always recommend and love that you think other people should. Oh, everybody to. knows that it's going to be die. Number one, right there. 
Um, it's the number two bestseller, technically. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because the other day you mentioned to me that uh, the Mark knows when I'm there because certain things kind of spike. Uh, because I always tell everybody the same books that I really enjoy. When I find something, I just add to the list. But Die has been one of those that I'm like, do you like adventures? Do you like RPGs? Do you like really cool art? And I just go with that. It helps that it's a, a series that is done, too. Right. It's not just a one and done. Mm-hmm. It's multiple volumes, but it's not a huge, like, Walking Dead is, what, a million? 30-some volumes? Oh, no, it's more than that. It's four compendiums, which is roughly 54 issues each each compendium. I want to say it's, like, 73 volumes. That actually, like that number sounds right. 183, 183 some I think, yeah. Yeah, that'd be about 30-some volumes So it, per it, six issues per volume. Yeah. So. It's it's a bunch of volumes, yeah. Um, but yeah, Die is uh, it's a twenty issue book over four different novels or different volumes, and it's Image. So they they do a really good job with their first volumes of series, where it's usually less than the pre- the, the succeeding. Right. The first volume is usually ten dollars. The rest of them are fifteen mm-hmm. to eighteen dollars, roughly. And it's like that's really good. Hey, we want you to try it. We want you to you know not have a big gamble on it mm-hmm. uh, a low investment into something we think is really fun yeah and volume one is great i love it uh what's the whole book i love it give the whole give the premise of it for uh so listener. uh basically it's uh like karen gillen said uh it's goth jumanji uh with an rpg twist uh so these kids um they they find this new rpg they play it and a la jumanji they get sucked into the world of the rpg only five of the six come back a couple of years later. They live their lives and then they're all grown up and they get called back into the game where they find their friend that they left behind and just chaos ensues. Uh, the RPG is based on uh, a lot of emotions um, <clears throat> and the art in the, in the, in the book is fantastic. I love it. It is a beautiful fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, you definitely would not want to be in that world, but you can definitely appreciate looking at that world. Sure. If they just mm-hmm. did prints without any dialogue of the panels, they could probably sell some money on it. The first issue had like 20 reprints with different variations on just uh, like, like different reverse colors. Um, I have like three or four of those. <laughs> uh, Jared, what's the what's one on your on the list here that you like and would recommend to people? Deceased. I mean, that's the one that once mm-hmm. I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, there, that's that's one of the best ones. It's uh, DC Comics. The you know, it's kind of like they're Marvel zombies. It's DC zombies, but deceased. I do I, like the I pun. like the play on the the DC. Yeah, deceased. DC. I remember when first came out, someone was like, "Yeah, I want to sign up for that DC East." I'm sorry, what? And I, I mean, I didn't look at the previews at the time, so I looked so you, up DC East as in the direction, like eased. No, like. I looked up east as in like north, oh. south, east, west. I did the DC east. Yeah, I know it's DC oh, yeah. and then it's eased, like just kind of right. slowly slid in it's, or something. It's deceased as in you died, yep. but with the DC beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That one was so phenomenal. Written by our good buddy Tom Taylor. He really, when are you going to have him on the show? We need to get him on the show. It'll be on a week that you're not here because we'll, we'll need to fill time. You would. <laughs> <laughs> We'll but, need to fill time that week, so that'll help with that. But yeah, the, in the first issue of that, I mean, they they killed off the entire Bat family almost, except for Jason Todd and uh, 
Did Cassandra Cain make it there at the beginning? Uh, she will she... have made it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the way I basically remember is all the main heroes, dead. Yeah. All the next generation, they're the ones that yeah, take... inherit the earth. Yeah. The ones that would have taken care of this whole problem in two issues. Right. Right. Dead. Take them off the board. Yep. Gone. They bit up Batman and how he used Mr. Freeze's suit. We'll talk about it yeah. when we actually do the book club because it was just so good. There but, were things that I loved that they did very logically. Yeah. Flash, stay indoors. Yep. You can't get bit. Yep. You know, just, like, or like you said, the freeze suit. It's like, yes, yep. you can help so much, but if you get hit, that's the world. Mm-hmm. Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman, oh, you're invulnerable. You should be fine. Nothing should be able to bite you. And that does not go well no. for the world when Superman gets infected. Captain America comes in and hits him with the shield. You wouldn't think that that would work, but it did. It's deceased. Anything can happen. <laughs> Uh, first on my list I want to talk about is Civil War. Um, it is basically like the be- one of the best introductory books we can recommend to people. Yeah. Um, it is. I know we're a little divided on it, Jared. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut uh, because I'm critical of. I Civil love the book. War. You Civil no, you, I you love the book. You love the story, the, not but, necessarily the book. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. I love the story, but. Are you still stuck on the Spider-Man yes, thing? Yes, he Yes, he totally very is. much so. But you have to have the other oh, issues. Well, when was the last time stories. you read it? it that stuff, uh, that context may be in there. Maybe. It's been a while, but we'll talk about it on the podcast this eventually. Volume, so I have not. So yeah, we'll be talking so, about it eventually. So okay, I can't help but agree with his point. That well, it's it totally fair. Jumps, yeah, but yeah, because when I first read it. <laughs> I only read Civil War. I did not go into the other right. the other stories. <laughs> but and it had on the editorial note, what's going on? Read this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they, they told it's you there. The where story it's at. is there. Right. So you're right. I love the story. I hate the individual book. So, so. <laughs> I but again, we'll see how that goes when we actually reread it for the podcast. Can't be wrong. Yeah. And they could have added some cut scenes or something in this volume that maybe fill in a little bit more of the blanks. I don't know. You know, it's been years since I've read the actual story. But if you're unfamiliar with Civil War, uh, you're probably not listening to the podcast, or you're brand new to comic books. Uh, Man, I was just being funny when I said gatekeeping earlier. (laughs) I'm not putting you down. I'm just saying that's probably the case. Sure. Uh, But this would be a really great place to start with Civil War. Right. I mean, probably because this is the first time you're listening to the podcast. If you're new to comics, you want to start somewhere. Because with Civil War, you probably watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Is where if you're if you're listening to the podcast, you probably at least see the movie of it. So you may not have read the book, but there is a lot of similarities and a whole lot of differences between yeah. the book and the movie. Yeah. Sure, because it's Marvel proper, and the movie was MCU, just not not, so they, mutants and Fantastic Four, and not Fantastic Four. I forgot they only that. had they had about oh, I'll say seventy five percent of the properties mm-hmm. that they could do in that. Um, and even then what they could do versus who they have established. So they even limited even more in the show or in the movie of what they could do. Well, and the cool thing was that the movie and the book are the same in name only. They are two completely different stories. So there's, uh, an event that happens where some heroes kill a bunch of civilians and like, okay, the government's like, we can't do this anymore. We've gone this long without doing anything really. So we're going to do a superhero, superhero registration act where you have to be registered. We'll assign you with mentors and you have to, you know, like it. you're basically a superhero that's on parole. Cause you have to check in with your PO every once in a while to say, which is what we're doing, what we're up to. And so the heroes are like, no, we do this to, for the, you know, to save people. 
if we all this bureaucracy is going to slow us down and put our family in jeopardy, mm-hmm. so if we registered, then uh, oh well, you villain, you don't need to follow the law, so you'll still break the law regardless and go after my people. So we should keep our anonymity to protect us. With that. I really right. love the debate that we get early on in that book because the Fantastic Four. You're hitting the mic I'm, all kinds of tonight. And he thought he was going to spill his drink. And you're just yeah. bonking everything. <laughs> uh, the Fantastic Four, they're like, yeah, we've been in the public limelight for forever and we're fine. And then Spidey's like, yeah, but you don't have an Aunt May. Right. You don't have a Mary Jane. Right. You also, know, you live in a multi-billion dollar building with high security. Right. Like, there is no realistic threat for you, you have as a, a thing family. protecting you. I have web shooters. Right. I, I mean, it, and I... I'm not going to say one is right and one is wrong because they're both accurate. It just depends on their own point of views at that point. Because, yep. yes, Fantastic Four, they're pretty well protected. There's no threat to them. They don't care. Right. Which is really cool because then we get kind of that same kind of conversation in the movie Civil War mm-hmm. where Cap is like, yeah, but if we do this, if we sign these Sokovia Accords, who's telling us who is the bad guy? Right. Right. And you're militarizing, who are those people? You're militarizing yeah. that are direct heroes. Right. The vigilante. Yes, we're still vigilantes. So technically we're breaking the law, but we're still helping people against the big bad threats. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what, I think it was, might have been uh, either Adam's podcast or a different show. They were talking about, think about Spider-Man, his web shooters. Okay, so he webs up a villain. They're and they're supposed to biodegrade in like what three four hours. Uh, I've always I remember back in the day it was an hour. I, okay, let's see. Let's say even an hour. Okay, so I catch a criminal, web shoot them, call the police. They show up. Well, I can't cut through the web. It's strong steel. I have to wait an hour. Sure. I have to wait an hour sitting there like, so Bob, what'd you do today? Oh, another purse, eh? And then fifty minutes later, right. Right. So, like, how much of a drain on the police force is Spider-Man from that standpoint? Like, well, I'm catching you, or he, but I can't actually do anything with you because, as a vigilante, there is no due process to of you did this crime. I was actually going. I was thinking of that uh, Batman animated series episode from the '90s where the prosecutor who takes over for for Dent, she and Batman get kidnapped and taken to Arkham Asylum, and the crazies make her be his defense defense attorney. And so one of the things that she had argued early on in the episode was, well, Alex, you got caught by a vigilante. Then exactly what you just said, there's you weren't, how are you supposed to be tried by this court when you weren't even caught by an actual police officer? Unless in the vigilante, yes, regular citizens can see crimes and testify, but the how often does the vigilantes testify for anything? Sure. Now, if it's one thing like, okay, Jared, you robbed a bank. You ran away. I beat you up. I said, here he is. That's different. They already have you for the crime. Right. But if it's a random purse snatching, drug dealing, whatever, there is no way of like actually punishing. Like, well, I'm pretty sure you're a bad guy. It's not what I know. It's what I can prove in court. Correct. I know you did this. Correct. But there's no proof of this. And that's with all vigilantes. And that's why the Civil War is like, well, if we have it registered, though. Which one? The, the book. The book. If you're registered, then you're basically deputized. Okay, mm-hmm. well, now you are a cop at that point. Right. So, yes, now you can't actually prosecute the villains. And it's like the old Adam West uh, 1966 Batman. He was duly deputized. Yeah. So. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> so, but in superheroes in general, though, that's the thing. Like, yeah. they're, they're, oh, I caught you, but that's great. Kingpin in Marvel. Everyone knows Kingpins are the kingpin of crime. He's a big bad villain. 
How many times? Also the mayor of New York. Sometimes. Uh, how often does he get caught? And like, oh, but he gets away. Well, yeah. and you think, well, man, how does he get away? Well, us as the reader, we see the bad stuff he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see right and wrong. However, you think in the legal system, well, that's great that Daredevil caught him and beat him up. In the legal system. But at this point, Daredevil is the criminal for uh, assault it's, and battery. Yeah. He assaulted a citizen. Because there is no proof of him being a criminal. And Civil War, the comic, helped address that. with a little bit right. like, okay, we actually have a process now. Like, yes, you have to give your identity and everything. However, look how many people you can actually put behind bars because you're actually following the law now. Versus it, one of the things that I really enjoyed about, or I, I still find ironic with the whole Civil War book, was uh, the mother who lost her kids in the school blowing yeah. up. Um, she's meeting with Tony Stark at the end of the book, and he says, "Like this whole book could have not existed had Tony Stark said what he said at the end, at the beginning. I don't trust anyone else to protect my friends' secret identities." Because then he becomes the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And yeah. he's like, no, I've got this whole idea. And one of them is protect the identities of my friends. And I'm like, you, you could have said that in like page five. and This book would not exist. Right. Like, <laughs> well, it showed the growth of the character, though. Now, the way he did it would have been different, too. I mean, sure. he right. could have done it a different way. It'd still be a version of Civil War-ish. But of him, like, of him saying, I... If you would have said, like, yes, uh, against registration because just everyone go through me instead. Like, I'll privatize the heroes sort of thing instead of going uh, through sure, S.H.I.E.L.D. Sure, sure, instead sure. of going through, like, okay, uh, don't worry, United States public. Uh, I, have I Tony Stark, super genius that y'all trust that you know I'm Iron Man, blah, 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 Stark Industries. I'm having a Stark Industries task force where all heroes can be employees of Stark Industries, blah, blah, blah. I'm in charge of that. Don't worry if there's any legal wrongdoing. There, you can fall back to me. That's a different way it could have happened. Sure. Instead of like, oh no, I'm still going public sector, head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which like, is really funny because S.H.I.E.L.D. was very a covert, oppy type mm-hmm. uh, organization that worked in the shadows and still does, you know? Ish. Because it's not around, really. Oh, right. More, now it's more sword, some more swordy stuff. Yeah. And well, I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. is still, S.H.I.E.L.'s not around in the comics even anymore. It's been gone for a while. I don't, I mean, they still have former S.H.I.E.L.D. agents like Nick Fury Jr. is still running around, but I don't think, I don't think he's actually with S.H.I.E.L.D. proper. I think he has made a vigilante S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point. S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield never came back after Hammer exploded? I don't think. Siege or whatever? I don't think so. I think it's been disbanded, disbanded, disbanded. Hmm. I don't remember seeing him back. They're doing covert. Stuff. They'll be back shortly. Because I know they put Coulson. Yeah, nobody put, knows they're actually right. Yeah, because right. I know Coulson's in the comics now. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's just like FBI or something. Okay. I don't think he's actually a fictional agency. I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I've read anything that he was in because the books he was in was not my forte. Yeah. Yeah. They. I. I, I like that they brought him in from the from the show into the comics. I've always liked him in the show. But I think we liked the actor that made the character. Yeah. It wasn't just the character by itself that was so good. It was the actor to, that made the character. I hate to say this. He's a terrible actor. He's fun. I sure, mean, he's... but I've seen him in a couple other things since, and it's still Agent Coulson. Like, he doesn't change. He's still- Like Vince it's, Vaughn. It's, it's one character it's one through and through. He is <laughs> the funny straight man of comedy. Sure. Like, he was in Sports Night. 
which Josh loved, the only lasted one season. That he was basically Phil Coulson. He's like, no, no, I'm an executive. And we're talking about um, what's his actual name? Um, Clark. Clark Gregg. Greg. Yes. Greg Clark. Uh, where yeah, he's and that in Sports Night, he's this executive. Like, oh yeah, I'm here to make money. Uh, anybody that can't make money off Sports Night should be out of the money making business. That was the final episode of the series because it got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely twisting the knife for the executives that are canceling us. Like, oh, if you can't make money off of this, you should be out of the money making business. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, he was very similar to the straight man, but also comedic chops with him sure. too. Um, kind of like uh, Happy Hogan. What's the uh, actual guy's name? Uh, oh, Happy. Um, yeah, freaking. Not uh, Filoni, nope. the other one. Uh, Favreau. Favreau. Favreau, thank you. Favreau. He's a ser- he's a funny straight guy of the yeah. comedy. Like, oh, he's a straight man, a little, a little kind of funny guy. Like, well, but he still has that funny with his, his dryness. You as know well. what? There's no difference between Happy Hogan and Monica's boyfriend. He's in that. He's in Friends for like three episodes, and it's still Happy. Like I just rewound them in my head. It's Happy Hogan. Uh, he. That's why he. Didn't really make it as an actor. Sure, right. Because he's, he's... Which I'm okay with, because the things he's done oh, absolutely. as not an actor, phenomenal. I mean, he he got... He stepped in the... His foot got in the door by acting. Mm-hmm. And then he's producing, directing, whatever, blah, 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 blah. He's also Nelson in the Ben Affleck Daredevil. And it's the same guy. And wasn't it's he the in same Pulp character? Fiction? Or Reservoir Dogs? He was in one of the Tarantino films, I want to say. That... It's been yeah, a long time it, since yeah. I've watched those. I think he was in for, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, too. Uh, Probably the same guy, too. Yeah. You know the same... I think, but I'm not positive on that. It's definitely you know the face, you don't know the character. Yeah. Like, oh, Matthew McConaughey, no matter where he is, he's Matthew McConaughey, no matter right. what movie he's in. There is right. no difference of characters. That's who he is. Yep. It's not like... Um, hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's not uh, Tom Cruise. You can lose Tom Cruise in the characters he plays. as. Yeah. It's not just, oh, this is just Tom Cruise doing this. Like, no, no. he'd be crazy. But he, yeah. but he is the yeah. No, he it's not, the you're not watching but Tom Cruise. You're watching. You're watching whatever character. Harrison, you're watching Goose. Yeah, you're Harrison watching Ford is Maverick. like that as well. Yeah. Um, but it's like Air Force One. I can tell you he played the president of the United States, but I can't name that president. The, but you know, it's the, he's the president. He's not just Harrison Ford. Exactly. As whatever. Exactly. Um, president. Like, he was in a movie <laughs> called Witness, and he was a cop mm, in that. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Amish farm, but I can't tell you the character's name. He's he's also been um, now I can't think of his name. The uh, Tom Clancy Jack, books, uh, Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Oh yep. yeah, yep. Clear and Present Danger and yep. um, Patriot Games. Yep. And and it's really cool because that character has evolved so much. Yeah. By yep. by everybody doing him right. very differently, you know. Yep. Alec Baldwin plays him differently. Oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Some things in here don't react well to bullets. Um, but anyway, yeah, Chris that, Pine does 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 Jack Ryan. But that's that's Civil War, folks. <laughs> oh right, Civil War. Uh, let's just do one more since we got a tangent. What's another one of the bestseller lists? And if you're new to, you? to the to the podcast, it's what we do. We, we just, do we do this a lot. We get to talking, and hopefully, you come along with us, and you just kind of like Enjoy talk about ride. some of the things that in your own head that we were just talking about too. But anyway, anyway, next one list that stands out to you, Adrian. Oh me? Yep. Oh, uh, pff, well you know me. It's White Knight, Batman White Knight. Love it. It stands alone. Sorry, I had a yep. burp. Uh, it stands alone in its own alternate universe. Batman Bruce Wayne is a little bit more violent, and he makes the Joker go sane, not insane, sane. And then he runs for mayor. 
the Joker. <laughs> and then he convinces Gotham that Batman was the bad guy the whole time. I, I, I thought it was really, it was one of those books that I, I couldn't keep reading after issue one for whatever reason. Is that where he, Batman goes crazy and just shoves a bunch of drugs in yeah. Joker's mouth? It's like just, page three. It's, that's like how he he's that, wanting to give him like an overdose to yeah. kill him. That's yeah. how he and cures, it him. cures him. Yeah. 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 Okay. Random drugs okay. down for yep. that'll cure cure insanity. Yeah. That well, is um, Mark Mark something right? Mark Filoni. Mark no. Thompson. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mark is the name. Anyway, uh, but he stays throughout the the next couple of series with the Curse of the White Knight. And then the White Knight presents Harley Quinn, and now there's a Red Beyond, Hood. Oh, Beyond and Beyond Red the White Hood's Knight, coming. and then there's going to be a Red Hood in between her. So, um, White Knight, Beyond the White Knight, Harley. No, no, Curse of the White Knight. Curse, Harley. So Beyond there's going to be five total once Red Hood comes out. Well, the Red Hood is just kind of like a two two oh. issue. They also did the Freeze one shot too. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the that's Freeze right. One shot. In yep. between uh, Curse in the middle think, of Curse, I think that was the middle of Curse. Yeah, but it was more like a prequel, like a yeah, like a couple decades before that. Yeah, because the Curse went into like this kind of macabre, fantastical part of Gotham. Like, yeah, there was one part that I'm like, hmm, really? Nobody noticed that door there ever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Suspension of belief. But no, the, the White Knight is one of those books that is, again, I'm sure Mark can tell when I'm working because that's another one. Hey, do you like Batman? Well, check this Batman out because he's a little bit more violent. It's more like, hey, have you ever heard of Batman? <laughs> do you know who he is by any way, shape, or form? Cool. Go with us. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's very different. Uh, the Even the way they kind of evolve this final story because it kind of starts with like a final story for Batman. Um, the, it, it just works. You guys know me. If, if it's logical, if it makes sense, you've established a character and you let him or her do whatever he or she's going to do. Cool. But run with it. Don't, yeah. don't make him or her just take a left turn and then ruin this book, you know? Um, Jared, what's the, another one on you, that you always like? I'm sticking with the theme. I'm going to go with Batman Year One uh, hmm. by Frank Miller. It's exactly what it's called, Year that? One. It's the first year. It's the red, oh, there it is. Yeah, um, it's the first year. But he was Batman, still young. A lot of inspiration you know, for the Batman movie. Yep, the most recent movie. Very, very much involved with that. Um, it was good. So I'm going to have to reread it to get specifics, but uh, I remember that's one. After I read it, it's I bought the trade. It was good. Uh, and the last one I want to talk about right now is Stray Dogs. Uh, it's a one and done series. They have since this coming out, they've done like a two issue mini series that was a prequel to this whole thing. But this is the main story uh, where bunch of dogs, a bunch of dogs get adopted by this guy. That's like, oh, cool, all sorts of dogs, all ages, whatever. But there's a mystery behind their origin of like, oh. Well, I don't really remember anything before I was here. What's going on? Oh, it's fine. Master is nice. Whatever. He gives us food, blah, 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 blah. You find out, oh, the owner of them is a serial killer. And mm. part in his trophy of his kills are taking the pets. He only kills people that have uh, dogs. He only kills women that have dogs and takes the dogs. And that's his victory trophies of the kills. Um, at one point, one of the dogs is like, hey, cool. I found a cool new stick in the backyard. This is amazing. It turns out it's like a femur. A human femur that like they just <laughs> dug up and they, they're dogs. They don't know. It's yep. like, oh, it's just, it's a stick. I found it on the ground. It's a stick. And 
it ha- there's some it's like all dogs go to heaven meets uh, Silence of the Lambs, where because all the dogs are talking to each other and everything, and it, it is a very cartoony classic. Uh, very Disney-esque from back yeah. in the day. The 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 art style is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like mm-hmm. a, a vintage cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has that nice sick twist on it. Uh, and what was really cool that the trade does have in the back is the variant covers that they did as the single issues, a bunch of all the variant covers were different horror films. Like oh, one, yeah. oh, one okay. was Science of the Lambs, yeah. one was Beetlejuice, I believe. And like they did a whole bunch of a little bit of everything to be variant covers. Part of the into the bike. The, 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 the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. The vampire yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, it had a whole bunch of and all the different variant covers are in the back of the book too, which is cool to see that too. But the story itself is a very good story. It is a very quick read as well. Um, and the reason where I picked this about as well is next week, that's what we're going to be talking about is Straight Dogs Volume 1. So instead of like how this week we're talking about Lady Mechanica for our book club book of the week, Next week will be Stray Dogs number one. So that's a little teaser for later on. There we go. Uh, so yeah, that is, I mean, there are, like I said, there are about 30 different books that are on this bestseller list. Some of them we've already read for the podcast. Uh, March, Ray and Black, Wind. Um, those are the only ones I'm seeing that I know we've talked about for sure. Didn't we do Civil War at one time? I think we recently, I relatively recently did that. Did we actually read it, read or it? Or did it, was it something... Uh, maybe we talked about it with the House of M because we did House of M, yeah. Maybe that we, was yeah. It. We did House of yeah. M. We didn't do Civil War though. Okay. But yeah, so there's like I said, there's some that we have already gone over on the bestsellers list that we're not going to read again because we just did it recently. Yep. By recently, I mean within the past two years, so that's recent enough. Uh, but moving on, we will go to our next section, which is books that came out this week, Wednesday, June twenty second, twenty twenty two, six two 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 two. Two, 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 two. Uh, Adrian, you went first last time. So, Jared, why don't you start yeah. off this round oh. with uh, what is one of your books of the week that came out this week? Uh, and honestly, I only have I've one. Got, I've got three picks. So, hey, one, yeah, you can go ahead and first thing. I only, have, okay. I, only, I only have one that really stood out to me this week. Okay. Um, with DC's event book, Dark Crisis, they had a tie in Dark Crisis Young Justice. Um, it's the original Young Justice, it's got Bart Allen, uh, Superboy Connor Kent, um, Cassie Sandsmark or something like that. I don't know if that's right. Oh, I will agree because I don't, you could I don't know with that. Slippy, slappy Swanson <laughs> Samsonite and I would have been girl. like, all right. She was the Wonder Girl after Donna Troy and then Tim Drake is Robin. But, uh, you know, it <clears> starts out with uh, Nightwing's eulogy with a crowd gathering and it goes on their own adventure. Um, they uh the uh impulse superboy and robin go missing cassie's gonna go start to hunt them down so they're all having their own adventure it was good it was i think it's gonna be a good tie-in because it's showing that with the justice league gone the villains are stepping up their game it's like okay there's no one to stand in our way let's let's do do what we do batman's not around anymore we can do whatever we want yeah There are other heroes that were involved, but Batman, that's the one I'm, I'm actually scared of. So, right. yeah, we'll do whatever now. Yep. So, uh, do you want me to go on to the second one, or uh, do you want to well, Let's go along? Adrian. Okay. Adrian, you know, next with a book that stuck to you this week. For me, it was kind of a light week, kind of ongoing with uh, what I've been doing, with what I've been reading. Uh, I'm reading all the, most of the mutant stuff, and but Noctera came out, and... Um, that's issue number... 11. 11. 11. <clears throat> and I think we finally got to the point where this trade... <laughs> 
will be done. Um, a lot of action's been going on in the last couple of issues. And like we've said before, uh, th- it will read better in trade. Mm-hmm. There is an ending, but it leaves it open to the next and um, uh, the next part of the story because things are still broken. I'll leave it at that. Um, but there is some conclusion here. Um, I just don't want to spoil anything. No, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I still like it. Um, I can't wait to go back and read all of them back to back to back to back. Yeah, same here. I would say I have 11 that I bought it. I'm waiting until 12 comes out, and then I'm going to read 7 through 12. I think you're okay setting. to read them from mm-hmm. here, because it actually uh, goes on to the, one of the final pages as epilogue. So I so think this, might this, actually be the this end may of the be a arc. cut. This will probably be the cutoff okay. for the trade. That 12 will start a new trade mm-hmm. is what I'm assuming. I'm assuming the same thing so, too. And Nocturne was almost on my list. I, I enjoyed it. I bought four comics this week. I enjoyed all four of them. Nice. So, uh, the one that stood out to me this week, um, was how was Maestro World War M issue four out of either five or six. Uh, the cover has Maestro jumping in the skyscraper towards a giant whale, Godzilla, a giant whale kaiju. That's just cool. That's just cool looking. Uh, a little backstory is Namor has had enough of Maestro. He's come up from the ocean depth and he's gonna he's laying waste. And he brings upon this giant whale monster. Uh, at one point, uh, Maestro's like, oh, crap. Fantastic Four fought him before. How did they defeat him before? And he couldn't remember. He's like, well, he's got, well the thing has, the giant whale monster has like impenetrable skin. I wonder if its eye is impenetrable. So he shoves a spear through its eye. <laughs> um, there's a little bit more backstory to it, but it's a giant, uh, it's a giant madness of everything that's going on here. Uh, I don't want to, I don't know. It's with being issue four, it's hard to recommend. But with that, I will say if you haven't read any of the Maestro stuff that's been coming out the last couple of years, definitely check that out. A lot of it's in trade already. I was going to say, you spoke highly of Maestro since this series started with issue one. Yeah. I mean, this is the third Maestro series, too, that they've done. There was Maestro, and then I forget what the second one was. I'm pretty sure this is the third. Second Maestro. Third Maestro? Third, third arc. This is World War M, is this one. Uh, but I, I think it's one that we'll probably talk about on the podcast eventually, is mm-hmm. the Maestro series. And it's, yeah. it's a character, I'll be honest, I didn't read the comics, I didn't read comics in the 90s because I was less than 10. And that's when Maestro was real popular, only for like two issues, I think. Uh, they did a futuristic jump where, hey, and Hulk is here, post-apocalyptic, and he's going by Maestro. Why? Who cares? Two issues, then go back to normal. To this be honest, is, the first time I met him was in uh, Old Man Logan. So... And even then, that's not Maestro. Right? Yeah, he didn't that's call just, himself Maestro yeah. in that. Uh, that was a different post-apocalyptic Hulk. Um, but yeah, it was originally two or three issues, and we haven't really seen anything about him since. Now, every once in a while, he'd jump to the present, and then they'd send him back on its way. This is actually fleshing about how he turned from Hulk into Maestro. And it's really cool. So this is this is a good one I think we'll read very well in trade, along with the previous volumes. Uh, but this issue was just, like I said, it was cool to see him fighting a giant whale monster. And then Dr. Doom was up to his nefarious things. Where did the whale monster come from? From Namor. Namor, like I said, Namor had oh, enough yeah. of yeah. it. And it was like, all right, well, I'm bringing my, bringing the big guns out. And this guy. I always so. like how he keeps all of these monsters at the bottom of the sea and never lets anybody see them. No wonder they're so angry all the time. Well, you finally let me out. Well, and he's like mind controlling them too. Well, so. 
I mean, maybe they're just like the Hulk where they just want to be left alone. And he's like, all right, well, but now I need you. So come here and help me out here. So it is what it is. I know your story is better, but it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, Maestro. Jared, what are some other books that stood out to you this week? Uh, Black Adam, number one of 12. I'm sure this book is coming out because of the movie. No, what? what? Yeah. There's, oh, yeah, there is a movie so, coming out this year. But this was good. I bought it. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a shot. You know, wait, I'm wait, like, wait, I'm wait. not expecting of liking this. Were you expecting not for it not to be good? Honestly, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, all right. Okay. There's on a scale Black of Adam's, good or bad, how would you feel about Black Adam before that issue? Oh, I always liked Black Adam okay. as a character, but he his solo stories weren't really that great in the past, in my opinion. Well, sure. I mean, I always f- liked him as the villain or as he's helping the heroes, as team-ups, you know, things like that. That's when a lot of his stuff, a lot of his stuff, uh, interactions with the Justice Society was really good. I mean, to be fair, like, I always have this issue where I don't like when villains have their own book, like... Quit trying to make me like the villain. They're yeah. the bad guy. Yep. Stop that. But at least with Black Adam, he's never really been a he's villain. He's never really been a bad guy. He's kind of like he's... Magneto. He's looking out for his own people. Yeah. Like, yes, you, it may be bad for your perspective, but yeah. ultimately, I'm looking out for my people. Right. He's looking out for his countrymen. I forget what country he's from. Uh, Kandak. Kandak. Oh, yeah. So, yeah I, if that's pronounced correctly, or, I don't know. Right. But he's the leader of that country, similar how Doom is with Latveria. Like, yes, I'm a bad guy, but I'm to the point now where I'm just protecting my people. Yeah. But and that's it, what he does. He's fighting Dark Side solo in this, and just it's really good how he beats him. So, oh, he beats. Spoiler, him? <laughs> sorry, it's in the first couple of pages. It's so. fine. But there's just so many. It's building an actual story, and it's very good to see where they're going with it. I'm, I'm excited. So it's just for a it. new origin story, or at least a retelling of his original origin Not story. Not an origin story. Um, I just, don't want to give spoilers. Okay. Is it just a story that's going on in the DC? Is it Black Label or is that not Black Label? No, it's not Black Label. So theoretically, it is continuity. Yeah, continuity. But it's its own Um, maxi series. Or limited series. Yeah, I won't give any spoilers. Because his powers still are Shazam powers, right? Yeah. It's it's magic-based. Now, does he have have to actually say Shazam or anything? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, There's been other iterations. Um, In this iteration, it's um, Lord Adam. Like oh, okay. A A D A N or you know, so not not A T O M right. So hmm. it, it's just, who I know. It's Black Adam constantly, but just sometimes when you say it, right? You know, it sounds especially when in the world of comic books. Wait, which Adam are you talking about? Exactly, Adam yeah. isn't a guy, or Adam yeah. isn't what makes but up the world. He's basically the Lord of the. Um, he's the, the King dance. of Kandak. Lord of the Dance. Yeah, because they even uh, they actually call him. Uh, uh, president Adam, and he's like, yeah, they, he's not a president. They, it's, it's full on dictatorship, pretty much, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was highly surprised because I'm like, oh, I'll check it out just to see how it is. But then I'm like, okay, this this is a good book. All right. So, and Adrian, what what else stood out to you this week that you liked? Uh, the X Men book. Um, it kind of. It's, it's just, still good. So to, be, to clarify, because there are a million X-Men books, is it just X-Men or is it an X-Men that's... Proper X-Men, okay. yep. Just making sure. Um, Number 12. I've been reading the books. I still like them. I've always been uh, an X-Men fan, a mutant fan. But I think we're, we're finally getting to what you were talking about months ago with, okay, 
So what are you afraid of if you can't die? And uh, <clears throat> the team is fighting. They've got a mystery going on. But everybody's a little bit more cheeky. Uh, I just, it really dawned on me in this issue. Because um, they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. No, the and way... they even surround themselves with other X-Men. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're surrounded by, you know, family members or other friends that can die, so they're worried about them. It's, right. no, they're surrounded it's by, just... oh, you're Alex, you died? Well, get back into the machine and come back to life right. then. Right, and really the only thing, and they have kind of talked about that uh, in Inferno, I think. Magneto and Charles go in and they die. But because they went into a place that was shielded, they couldn't upload their memories. So when they got reincarnated, there was a gap of time missing in the memory. So Magneto and Charles found something out, but then they died and their new bodies didn't know what they found out. The auto mm. <clears throat> the auto save was right. was back too far. Right. And so, they did the similar similar thing with uh Scarlet Witch. They when she died in the trial of Magneto. Oh yeah. They brought her back, but it was before House of M. Right. So, so she's like, wait, what? What did I do? Right. I mean, it's been forty years. What happened? Right. And so now it, there's a part of me that's like, wow, you guys have kind of turned into Superman. Like, there's no threat. That there's there's no stakes in the game. Right. So. But they could be building to something that's going to be a. A catastrophe. I mean, and that. there was something at the end of this issue that's like, okay, does that is that going to change your mind about a thing that you mm -hmm. may or may not do, which could lead down to a de-supermaning of yeah. mutants or something? Or, like you just mentioned, are we going to get House of M again or No More Mutants again in some way, shape, or form? I, I mean, you No know more Krakoa, no more whatever. Everything in comics is temporary. So it's like when Peter Parker was rich, like, okay, he'll have the Parker, <laughs> he'll always hit the Parker luck. He'll always become poor and downtrodden, whatever. Yep. That's what makes him an appealing character is the underdog. And that's what the X-Men are. They're the, they're the underdog team that society hates for one reason or another. And like, okay, right now they're at a high, but what come, it's the pride before the fall. Like they're going to fall. That's just the way it's going to go. Cause that's where the drama's at. So like, Last region, they're like, uh, I don't really care now. Okay, that's fine. Wait a year. Eventually, the stakes will will come back. I just don't want. I don't know. Like, and we've talked about before. Like, we we like the events. We if they make sense. If they make sense, we we like it when they give us enough events, and then we cry for more events, and then we get more events, and we cry for less events. We're just never happy as readers. I don't know. Sometimes it's quality events. That's, that's very also true. true. You know, so, because yeah. there's been a couple of events that have just been kind of crap. Sure. Heroes in Crisis. <clears throat> Heroes in Crisis that's was awful. one of the ones that came to my mind. Yeah. You the, mentioned uh, the, the Sword of Siege. Ten. Siege was... Siege was... A letdown. Underwhelming. It wasn't bad it, But it was a letdown. But it was a letdown. Yeah. Uh, original original sin was a yeah. major letdown. And they were Marvel. coming off of stuff like uh, Infinite Crisis, uh, Blackest Night mm -hmm. on Marvel. They're coming off of Civil War, um, House of M, House Secret of M. Invasion. Secret Invasion. Invasion was I love Secret Invasion. I do too, but I'm biased because that was the first one I started reading was Secret yeah. Invasion. Yeah. Oh, but it was really good. Right, well, it I, really was right. Good. Yeah. And I, I think so, it, I think it was, but it just, there's my bias with sure. that knowing like right. okay, there's also that. But then it was like. 
okay, now we got to have another event. It's like, oh, we got to top those or something. And it's like every summer there's an event. Eh, you don't need to top them. You just have to make them good. Mm-hmm. It was the summer yeah. blockbuster comic book event that would yeah. happen every year. Like it would yep. kick off on free comic book day. I mean, DC did it this year with Dark Crisis. Yeah. It kicked off on free comic book day. Yeah. Yeah. We only have one issue of the core book out. Yeah. And, and it's, it was enjoyable. And it's the end of June already. And it kicked off the beginning of May. So they're, oh, they're taking their time with that. Yeah. But it is the traditional, okay, kick off with Free Comic Book Day of the upcoming event. For yep. the, it's the, setting the plate for the full year yeah. as a Free Comic Book Day. But we'll see how it goes. It, so far, issue one was good. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's all I had for my list. Also, it was just the one. Um, um, I've got one more on mine, Adrian. Hmm. Okay, I just had a good buddy Tom Taylor, Nightwing number 93. Um, there's been, I loved what they did with Blockbuster in the first couple pages. And without any spoilers, there is a big relationship development. Yes. We'll put it that way. Yep. We'll tease it with that. Yeah. Blockbuster comes face to face with the character known as Heartless and Heartless kind of says to Blockbuster, Hey, I want the city. I'm going to try to take it. Blockbuster. He's like, like, I'll buy it from you. Yeah. I'll buy it. Like, Hey, just name your price. if you're not going to let me buy it, I'm going to take it. Right. That's basically the underlying factor. And Blockbuster didn't take it well. No. So, and Blockbuster's not one to be trifled with. Even Heartless is like, once Blockbuster made a movie, he's like, oh, crap. Long story <laughs> short, if you're reading anything DC, you should definitely make sure you're reading Nightwing. Because yeah. it's such a good story. Yep, it is. It's so down to earth. It is the most Marvel-like story that DC publishes. Where it's not about Nightwing, it's about Dick Grayson. Yeah, and, and his and his family right. and his friends. That's why, like, it feels very like, much so. It, it yep. feels like a Marvel story. It does not feel like a DC comic story. And it's the best thing DC's put out recently. I mean, it's Tom it Taylor. Is. So <laughs> Tom Taylor understands the characters too. Right. He's not really deviating from the characters perspectives their beliefs or anything i mean he does to, to fit his own story you know how I mean, he does the same thing with superman son of kal-el where yeah. it's not about superman it's about john yeah and I, I think that's that's maybe why dc signed the exclusivity with tom taylor okay we need to bring some down to earth yeah. with the characters yep. and and the fact that he can do it with a mere mortal of nightwing and superman's son uh, Arguably you know, a god yeah, among the, men. the second most powerful character in DC Comics, potentially. Right. Potentially even stronger because he's yeah. hybrid and who yeah. knows? Who knows? But he can do that with both sides of the spectrum. Uh, only, I think he still has weakness to kryptonite, if that's what yeah. you're yeah. He still yeah. has that Superman DNA. He still gets his powers from the, the sun, so the radioactive kryptonite does affect him. I don't think it's as severe as it does Superman. Like, it doesn't make him nauseous. It Clark- just makes him, like, more human. That Like, his, yeah. hu- his recessive human genes come out at that point. Yeah. So it's a bit of a different uh, reaction, but there is a reaction to the kryptonite. And best of my knowledge, they haven't done, like, a full power comparison really? to him and, uh, him and Clark. No. So. But anyway. assumption is Clark's powerful because he's more powerful because he's full crypto- right. Kryptonian, but they really have not said. This right. is the first hybrid character in continuity canon type of story arc. Yeah. So those are the books that came out this week that we really enjoyed. Uh, tell us what books you enjoyed that came out this week. So can you tell I'm a DC fan? Uh, <laughs> n- no way. 
Uh, so we're going to move on to the second to last segment because the final segment, Jared, is oh, our Heroes Thanks for week, reminding me. I'm on it. <laughs> so this segment is our book club book of the week, which is Lady Mechanica Volume 1, which covers issues one, zero, 0 through 5. Through five. But the one through five is like a part of a different mini series. It has a different subtitle. Ultimately, when you go to the store, it's Lady Mechanica Volume One. Mm-hmm. Um, Issue Zero was a great standalone that led right into the next, really the the whole mini series. Yeah, I um, my first thought of like when I was reading Issue Zero, I didn't know where they were going with it, and it just kind of jumped. You could tell mm-hmm. that was almost mm-hmm. like a. It was setting the groundwork. Yes, of the. The city, the world, the characters. Well, it, it definitely has, sets. Before we go it into this, I will the say. Story. Well, before we go into this, I will say next week we're going to do Straight Dogs if you don't want spoilers for Lady Mechanica. Oh, right. Mm. Stop the podcast now. We're going to do Straight Dogs next week. Okay. One. Uh, now, going back into Lady Mechanica. Okay, Lady Mechanica. Issue zero, it sets up the world, the characters, and everything like that, but it doesn't set the story. Well, it, to my perception, and I will be honest, I read this very quickly. It does a great job of setting up Mechanica where she, where it looks like she's going to be like a Van Helsing where she goes in, kills the monster, blah, blah, blah. Yes, blah. Mm-hmm. that's versus, what no. I was expecting. And that's she what goes she in, was in. And she's rescuing the monster because like, no, there you are a sentient being. I'm here to save you. I just drugged you because I knew you were acting rabid. I want to figure out what your scene is. If I need to kill you, I'll kill you. But let's, sure. I'm not going to just murder you outright. Right. I'm going to figure out who you are, what your motivation is. Oh, you're just starving. Well, here, here's an apple. Thanks. I haven't eaten what he said. Yeah. Like, I haven't eaten like two days or whatever. Right. So yeah, he's a little on edge. Right. But um, the the first issue zero is set in um, September 1978. Issue one is set in August of 79. So there's about a year, just shy sure. of a year, jump in the story. So issue zero is 18, kind of 1878. 18, I'm not sorry. 19. 18. Yes. Sorry. I but think I autocorrected uh, in my brain when you said it. But uh, it's <laughs> it's almost just a prequel to issues one through five. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and it's definitely showing it, that not all monsters are monsters. Like, yes. Humans are the monsters. Right. Like, it comes in all shapes and sizes of, oh, it can be a human, it can be a demon, where, oh, the demon, the creature thing, it's a nice being. It, it's just a victim of its circumstance. Yeah. Versus, oh, the pre- people are hunting it. Those are the real monsters that are like, oh, no, we're killing things because they don't look like us. Yes, that's the underlying thing. But they also see it as a monster and a threat. Right, but she goes through the due diligence of like, okay, why 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 are you here? Why were you acting violently? Right. Why are these men chasing you? Right. Well- this is why I but haven't and, eaten. I've escaped. Right, and she's she's even surprised when the creature speaks to her. She's right. like, "You can talk," right. you know. So that and kind of implies that the if she's run into any more of those type of creatures, they haven't talked. Well, the issue zero does a really fantastic job of just setting not only the storyline but even her. Like, oh, there's a mystery about her own past that the monster. Oh yeah, uh, Ucky. Right. Yes, Ucky, Ucky actually yep. makes uh, oh, a I, reference to. I, I know you. you. You were the one that actually gave me my name. Wait, what? Who am I? What? Right. Yeah. Well, then tell me, please. Oh, and then, right. Oh, you are splat. splat. <laughs> uh, but it just uh, this really great. Uh, and I know we mentioned this upstairs. Um, the the art is oh, it's really phenomenal. Good. It's um, really good art. The the story that just the art says. Uh, no, we talked about it. Yeah, you take out the word, all the words out of this. And you can still follow. Oh yeah, 
kind of what's going on. There's a lot yeah. of focuses on different parts. Um, we talked about the eyes, um, where sometimes the Joe Ben Bentes Benitez. That's the writer, uh, writer and artist. Oh yeah, created, written, and drawn by. Uh, Benitez focuses a lot on her eyes and the emotions of her eyes uh, when she's surprised, when she's scared, uh, just upset uh, to the, for a lack of a better term, shocked. I think when Aki goes splat, um, her anger. Uh, she just it's super fun, and he even lays the groundwork of um, later in the issue. Uh, maybe. Does she does she react when somebody touches her yeah, arm? The muscle memory, because someone like reaches out to touch her and is like, "Sorry, they have a mind of their own." Like it's I don't mechanical think parts. That I don't think it was an issue zero though. No, it was like no, an issue one or two. Yeah, but they pretty much try to grab her in that issue, and she fights back. So right. you don't get that that oh her uh, mechanical parts have a mind of their own. Right. So you don't really get that is- issue zero. But. The art is great. Uh, she seems like a fun, mysterious character that I I enjoyed reading the rest of the book. She yeah. kind of reminds me of original, like before we know the whole story, a steampunk Black Widow, where oh good lord, where she's a combat assassin. We don't really know much about her. What is she doing? Oh, I see what you mean. And yes. now, and that's because she doesn't know what she's doing. Like other than like, oh, I'm living here and I'm trying to do good mm-hmm. while also figuring out my history. Yeah. What is steampunk? Uh, not, there aren't a lot of books um, that to, really I deal with. I never got into it very much. So my understanding is there's a technology that is steam-based, not computer or technology-based. There's or, no microchips. Or gasoline-based. Or gasoline-based, yes. It is, it's all steam-powered. Like the Their blimps are steam-powered. Sure. Um, the elevators they the even elevators, mentioned is a yes. steam elevator. Uh, railroads, uh, trains are all steam you know, Typically so, set in like a Victorian England era, yeah. uh, either so the wood costumes, burning or coal yep. burning. Mm-hmm. Usually coal more than like a very low tech but high tech, right? Industrial, like yes. oh, they have all these wheel, really a bunch of gears. It's a whole bunch of gears on everything yes. that don't mm-hmm. really do anything, right. but they just look they weird. They do look cool. They do look so. Really cool. I mean, that's the the general for steampunk is a bunch of gears look do nothing but they're shiny they're brass looking right. they look like they could do oh it's like a Rube Goldberg machine of gears right right why because, because it looks cool right there's uh, i'm on the first page when we see when we get intro to her and the rifle that she's holding it's like you have way too much stuff on that thing completely unnecessary <laughs> i mean even her battle get up i like how it is a corset that like oh has knives and stuff but leaves enough room for her cleavage like it goes over specifically <laughs> right. around her cleavage yeah <laughs> now i understand like the goggles are cool the, well and i understand like okay she has breasts she will need sure. some like you can't have a pure flat thing that would be uncomfortable sure i get that but it seems especially when the straps are above like oh you're like boom there they are. <laughs> you are definitely drawing attention to that area of her costume. Um, uh, one thing I really enjoyed too the de- the level of detail when she's fighting her antithesis. So her superhero costume, let's say, uh, is a whole black leotard, you know, gear and everything. Mm-hmm. So she's the protagonist. The villain then all white garb. Oh, like yes. oh, they do the. There's always the opposite to show. 
even like, yeah, if you're not reading it, you just flip through. Okay, that's the bad guy because well, she's wearing the exact opposite clothing. What's really interesting about that costume is it's got no gears. It's just the cape, the hat, goggles because she's missing an eye, and then goggle. a sword. Goggle. Well, no, she still <laughs> has the goggles with the patch and then a sword. It's right. like, oh, you're absolutely nothing like right. Mechanica. Uh, and what I liked about that scene, too, is so Mechanica disarms her, the other girl, the villain's henchmen, and then she starts to run away. But you see. Oh, you skipped ahead. Right, right. I'm sorry. But, but you see the bullets, like, if you count one, two, three, four, five, six, like, then you, when it shows her reloading, oh, she is shooting a six shooter. Like, they were, mm-hmm. particularly, they drew six bullets mm-hmm. impacting. Mm-hmm. And to show the relay, like, oh, that's just an added touch that isn't necessary that a lot of places, a lot of things skip over TV, movies, comics. Sure. They just skip over that completely. This, no, no. There are no clips that fit in a nine millimeter that houses 50 rounds. Right. I mean, the fact that it Without shows. Without it obviously protruding. Right. And it shows the, like, oh, this is a six shooter. Sure. And she ran out of ammo. Like, they have a panel specifically showing right. the empty casings going out. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a, that is a good added touch for that. That is. Yep. That is, like I said, is always skipped over everything. I had to go back and count. I'm like, is he right? <laughs> I, I can only remember five, but you're right. There is the, the sixth fifth. one was in yep. her leg. The sixth one. Yep. Uh, her foot. Or foot. I was somewhere on, I could tell it was somewhere on She blows off the two fingers of her hand. The trigger fingers. Yeah. Yep. As she's pulling her gun and out. And then, uh, then she blows out like her foot when she's running she's away running away yeah uh now obviously there are some exaggerated like why was her foot even that high you know right oh, right right but it like nobody yeah. runs with their foot right 90 degrees away from themselves but it worked right yeah um i i love the character development in this Same i love here. the exaggerated art um even yeah yeah it's just a great book and this yeah. has a really fun mystery the who am i mystery yeah the rescuing the the random person mystery which actually might be connected to my past history right uh there were just and a lot of overlapping tropes that worked yeah shaley but worked and i i want to back up just a little bit to the little girl oh because dude. that was some of my favorite stuff in this book but it also leading or building on top of that um, so there's a little girl that's, uh, Lady Mechanica's in costume or in incognito Incognito. Mode. She's wearing normal, normal garb. Yeah. She's wearing basically a Victorian dress, you know? So this little girl's like, you're not Lady Mechanica. And she's like, well, why not? You know, why show me your facts, why you don't think I am. And sure. she goes through, well, you're wear- not wearing this. You're, you're supposed to have big arms. And you're wearing an outfit that's two seasons behind. Yes. Like, yeah. like, she would never the, be caught dead in an outfit like yours. Right. But she also has said that she's got large mechanical arms and large mechanical legs, implying, you know, there's either pictures or something. But for my, I'm I'm interpreting it as there's like, Sherlock Holmes novels of Lady Mechanica or something like that to where she's read a bunch of stories about Lady Mechanica, even though probably not true because she's like, I have no idea what any of that stuff is. I think she, that standpoint is Batman where I'm the vengeance. I am like, there's enough mystique around that fear built up like, Mm -hmm. oh, you do exist sort of thing. Oh, Lady Mechanica, that's not a real person. That's just a story that people tell kids to behave, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But later in the story, there's uh, she asked, I know of a test uh, to see if you are Lady Mechanica. And she's like, what color was uh, a knife or something like that? A dagger? And Lady Mechanica's like, I have no idea. 
Right. You know, the, so that kind of implied to me that there's stories about her to where Lady Mechanica doesn't even know what they are. The myth has grown past the character at that, that point. That could be, right. yeah. Or there could be, like, novels about her, you know. it's There's an implication, like you said, there's at least stories about her well, that are out there. And what's cool with that is they could do a bunch of different one-off that written by different people, like, oh, fans of, we'll do their fan story. Like, oh, and this is why they got that, why the kid mentioned that story, because this is where the yeah. story originally origin sure. from. It had no right. actual continuity, but, oh, it was a rumor of a rumor. Someone played telephone with a Could story. Be. Yeah. And eventually it evolved into this giant, weird, massive yeah. thing. But that, the little girl cracked me up how sassy she was and everything. Yeah. And She stole the show. Yeah. The, she was the best part, in my opinion, because it was so funny. She's like, yeah, you're not this person, even though she, everyone else is kind of revering Lady Mechanica. She's almost like, I, I I don't know what to She is so, she idolizes Mechanica so much that when she sees her, she's like, no, that you can't be, you can't live, yeah. you're not living up to the hype. Other, sort of people, thing. other people are, are also worshiping Lady Mechanica to a degree. Like uh, the, the girl's dad's like, I'm so sorry for my daughter if she offended you. And the Lady Mechanica's like, yeah, I kind of liked her. Well, I don't know if it's worshiping yeah. as much Not as possibly fearing. Like, uh, I don't fear. I don't be yeah. on the wrong side. Could be, yeah, yeah. I didn't think worship was respecting. quite the right. Respect, yeah. I do like the dad. And I do like her other, uh, I would the, say the that the dad is, and the alcoholic are like Mechanica's psychics. Yeah. They're her Watson. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. Or, or her Alfred. Or Alfred, yeah. Or Alfred, yep. Uh, just this whole mystery uh, is being unraveled by the girl's dad, and then she just might not be able to get through the adventure without the drunk scientist. Yeah. Right? There's just enough outside of her own reach that she she needs help. Yep. They are her Alfred and Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the dad was just out of town. He just came into town for this convention, just having to know some things. That's where the Gordon comes in. The alcoholic was the Alfred. Like, okay, well, I got all these cool gadgets and stuff. I can right. come along with you on the hunt or whatever. Well, so, and the dad is the, the guy from the first issue, right? That's how I took it. Uh, um, the doctor. I think so, yes. Because he was, he was working with the bounty hunter criminal organization. Yeah. Right. Then he left them. But he just came back into town for this weird inventor convention. Correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, for me, this story does have, this book does have one problem that I have with it. Monologue, 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 sure. monologue. Yeah. Like, hey, instead of doing this world building naturally, we're going to have this person, this this trope of like, oh, Mr. Bond, you won't escape because I have this, that, and the other. And this is why I hate you. you. expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. So they do have that a lot of the of everyone just going on this gigantic monologues like, come on. When one panel has like four different bubbles of the same speech going on without interruption, that's kind of a lot. Yeah. I, it reminded it's... me a lot of like some of the eighties comics that I used to read because they were meant to be fantastical and nothing could really be more fantastical than a steampunk story dealing with demon things right yes so it does work right i agree with alex but i like like you just said i think it works right the only downside is there is no my interpretation of this villain like no no we are spelling out the entire what the villain is like it is spoon feeding you everything to the point where i'm getting full let me chew a little bit yeah there was nothing that i thought in this book that was that made me question what is 
what is Joe Benitez trying to tell us? Yeah. Or, or what is the motive for this? Like, no, yeah. they, they tell that, you. That's it. They tell I'm you what the it bad is. Guy. You're the good guy. Yeah. I, you know, classic villain trope. I created you so I can kill you. And, that, yeah. and that's okay. fine. Cool. I, I'm just saying that, like, if you're looking for a quick read, this is not it. This is a no. dense read because of yep. how monologue it is. Of like, oh, it's, there are just a lot of words on this page. I'll say it's still a good read, though. Yes. It is very, super fun. But it's not a quick read. It is, uh, you need to focus on this because there's a lot of going on here. Yeah. And I would say read it in trade and try to do it in one sitting. Mm -hmm. I would say because there is a lot to it. And you kind of capture more as you're reading it. Be like, oh, that just happened three pages ago instead of like, reading half of it now and half of it in a week, you're like, wait, what? What's going on? You well, know? that's kind of what I said a little bit ago. If you take all the words out, yeah. the pictures themselves do a really great job of telling part of the story. Right. You're missing so the then nuance. when you add the dialogue, yep. holy crap, there is a lot in there. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, and, and that's not a bad thing. No. We just don't, I think we're not entirely used to it. Right. I take a look at X-Men. Immortal X-Men, Knights of X-Men. You're one panel, one speech, or you're one sentence. That's about it. And that's free, fu- for each thing. And Knights of X, I think we're three issues into the same hour, you know. Um, Noctara, uh, two or three issues of the same day. Right. Whereas this is... Over the course of this is at a least week, a week. Maybe? At least a week. If not long. I mean, excluding the Zero issue, because there's a time gap between sure, Zero sure. and mm-hmm. the series, at least a week long, like... They are traveling to, it is an investigative mystery. They are trying yes. to figure out who she is. She's trying to figure out who she is. And she's trying to solve where this other thing is going into play as well. Like it's, I'm trying to discover who I am while also doing this. And her drunk friend is like, oh, are you sure we don't want to just do this easy money, go uptown north and kill these, kill these werewolves? Like they're trying, it's a little play on the, oh, if, are you sure you don't want to do this action adventure? No, we're keeping the dialogue story. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> like that's what the character is doing though. Sure. It's like, are you, are you, are you can we just get the easy money and just have an action flake and a little substance? No, we're going with the story. Fine. Like, I love that the way they're making fun of that kind of story within that as well. Uh, and one thing that is surprisingly too, we have volumes two and three in the store as well. Each volume is slightly smaller than the last. Like volume three is a pretty thin volume. I didn't check it out before I got here to see how many pages it was, but I was like, Oh, I picked it up. And I was like, this is a thin volume. So, I don't know if it's just less story, less dialogue. Like, I don't know. But it, the story does continue past volume one, which will, is a good thing with that. I will say uh, to to that, the circus scene in, like, issue three, we get, I walk up to the circus, like a whole page of me walking up to the circus. Mm-hmm. And then I meet a guy. And then it's a whole page of meeting the guy. And then it's another page of the monkey stealing the hat. It's like, okay. Okay, you could have done these four pages in two panels. In two panels. Yeah. You know? it, it reminds me a lot of Jared's complaint about the Walking Dead TV series. Like, okay, you're taking too long to do anything, guys. Right, yeah. right. Well, I compared it to the comic. They did in 40 minutes with the comic wrapped up in three pages. Right, but I'm saying but that's that's a similar same, comparison. Like, guys, yeah, you're just dragging this out. Yeah. There are some things like Let's, this one drug out a little need, bit. It did. But it built that suspense of that too yeah. by doing it that way. Uh, so that is Lady Mechanica in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to five, one being off of five being great. Jared, what would you give it? I'd give it a very solid four. And just because of those few complaints, a drug on, it was very, very monologue heavy. It still fit, but some of it was unneeded because the art was so good. 
Mm -hmm. Like we talked about, you could follow this story or have a a a very a good understanding of what the heck is going on. Yeah, a generic understanding Mm -hmm. of what's going on without any words, just because the art was so good. Um, So yeah, but it was a very good story, solid art, easy four out of five. Uh, For me, I'm giving it a three out of five uh, because it is so heavy on the dialogue and it definitely tees like oh this should be an action that's not it should be but it's not and now i'm not saying it's bad but it just it's it, it it's it falls a little short yeah but the art is what i'm tempted to give it a four because the art is so good yeah. but overall story of who i can recommend this to i can really realistically i can recommend this book to hey do you like steampunk do you kind of like black widow well here you go it's you a very niche that, audience but you can kind of Say, do you like mystery stories or detective stories mm-hmm. and say, this mm-hmm. is kind of maybe out of your realm, but this is a good mystery sort story in a steampunk setting. But those I would two definitely co- say that this is – and this is the gatekeeping happening. This is an advanced read. Yeah, it is, you absolutely. can't just hand this to, hey, I'm new to comics. It's like Sandman. You just you don't just hand that away oh, first Lord. thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. This is a that's why I give it a three because it's not like, hey, you should definitely read this. It only has a couple of pitfalls, but you should read it. Like, okay, I need to do a little bit of digging and feel the ground before I can recommend it. That's mm-hmm. why I give it a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I understand that, is, that. Yeah, that is what we do. Right. I mean, so that's yeah. Uh Adrian, what would you give it? I would I, I'm flirting with the five, but I'm definitely sticking with the four. Um just going back for a second though, if we didn't gatekeep some of that stuff though. It'll if turn people gonna, off. It'll turn people it off of comics. Yeah, if you're going to hand them this, this you know, Shakespearean literature written and people aren't going to understand the dialogue mm-hmm. and things like that as much, they're not going to be like, well, this is stupid. I'm going to go to whatever and buy uh, Harry Potter. Sure. You know what I mean? It's not that Harry Potter isn't good, but it's very different from a Shakespearean story. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and dialogue and the, just the writing style. So – it, it's not necessarily gatekeeping is directing. Yeah. It's like, like, hey, we want you to like this stuff. It's this. Let, get used to these comics and then try let this. Me, let me shepherd you through this adventure of comic book reading. Yeah. This will be giving you to the right direction of where right. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, just go. But right. no, you, you might need a little bit of yeah. go from point A to point B. There's yep. just so much content out there. I exactly. think we do need to gatekeep. A little bit. Because it is yeah. very overwhelming. The first time in, like, We're what is all this? We're not saying never read this because this is too advanced for you. We're saying- Don't start check, here. Don't start here. You may want to like it, these stories first. Unless you're- then, If you're a diehard steampunk person, you don't care about anything else. If you're just pure in the art, then, absolutely, sure. Sure. Yeah. Then definitely. But, but it's not like, hey, 14-year-old Timothy comes comics, in- has never read a comic book before. I can't recommend this. Right. I, I can't do that. I, like, that, and that's right for me. Like, it's a three. It's a good book. It's not great. It's not bad. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the art is the art is what for me definitely elevates it. Yeah, it works so well. That would suck me into the story to begin with. Was the art? It, what you said about it, it's not Shakespearean uh, actually moved me up to the five. I would give this a five because of how wordy it is, because of the setting it's in. This Victorian era, yeah, where we were saying way too many words to say something we don't. About the time you hit that thing, uh, <laughs> we we used a million words when five would have sufficed. Um, I, I like the mystery. 
I like the art. Yeah. Uh, even the direction. Uh, what was the book that you mentioned not that long ago? Oh, uh, Transformers. It kind of jumped around a little bit where, wait, which panel is the next panel I need to read? Right. This there was, was no question in no, this. No, it was very easy to read. And very linear for the story, and too. that was something we I talked mean, yeah. about Transformers jumped around this. a lot in timeline versus this. Yeah. Like, this is, you are following her. And they did she is such the a book. good job when she was conversing with other people. She was doing such a good job with conversing with other people that she, you know, the, the word bubbles were in order along with going with the order of the page itself. I wonder if that was a problem in the original prints because uh, in this remastered version or whatever, they talk about, uh, what did it say on the back of, of it? Something about the, with new lettering or something. Uh, it's entire blah, blah, blah. All updated with revised scripts and brand new lettering. Yeah. So, yeah, they made it easier I, to read and yeah. a more coherent story, which I wonder if the new script is what made it extra wordy also. I wonder if that's what that filled that in. Could be. It did. It, it, I, I wikied it, and this first volume took five years to be released. It went from the mystery of the demon, uh, the the mystery of the mechanical corpse, 2010 to 2015. So For I'm not sure. Six issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a long time. It is a super long time. But that just release it in trade when it's done at that point. Just do, just do original yeah. graphic novel. That, yeah. Don't even do singles. Just do original graphic novel. Yep. And That's... then the other ones, they only took a year. The Tablet of Destinies is in 2015. The Lost Boys of the West Abbey in 2016. Uh, La Dama de la Muerte is in 2017. The Clockwork Assassin in 18. La Dame Dame San Messi uh, in 2019. Sangre in 2020. Oh, we released something in 2020. And then the monster of mist of the Ministry of Hell in this year, and hmm. this is a volume one that's fifteen dollars. It is not the normal image first volume ten dollars, but this is a thick too. issue. It's this is a pretty big volume thick. Too. Well, the thing is, also Get your money's worth. It, yes, uh, the, I I think they're written so they can stand alone. Yeah, they do correlate. They do connect to each other. There is a continuity here, but if you like, I think he's doing a really good job of giving us part of the story and then just running with it, and we'll get, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's Lady Mechanica. Tell us what you think. If you if you want to read it yourself or if you have read it or anything like that, come to the store and let us know because that's the easiest way to tell us how, what you thought of it. Uh, and a reminder, next week we'll be talking about Stray Dogs Volume 1. Next week will be just me and Jared. Laura's going to be out of town. Adrian's going to be doing his thing because it's his week off. And... We'll tell you how we feel about that. So with that, we'll go on to the final segment of the day, which is our heroes of the week, be it comic book or otherwise. Adrian, who is your hero oh, of the week? I was ready this time. Go ahead. Okay. Go, no, ahead. No, go, go ahead. for it. Go for no, it. No, go ahead. No, I'm being really, sarcastic. go ahead for no, it. Because a couple I, weeks I, ago, I, Alex, like I was ready for it and everything. He looks at me and then turns to, was it Laura here that week? Probably. She's like, Laura, why don't you go first? I'm like, dang it. <laughs> So, okay, then Jared, you can go first. Oh, I was being a smart aleck, but okay. Uh, Mine's going to be Bitewing, because he is the hero of this story in Nightwing. She is. Oh, she is. Because it's Haley. It's Haley. Yeah, she does a good job of being a good doggo. Yep. Uh, She learned a special trick that was able to help... uh, Oracle and... Oracle and Dick Grayson specifically uh, stop some nefarious evildoers. Yep. So no spoilers since it's, you know, fresh out today, but Bitewing. All right. 
Uh, Adrian, do you have one yet, or do you mean go next? Uh, I just don't know the creators of it. Um, I've been really getting into Unmatched, and uh, I don't know why they just came to mind. Uh, but it's a reskin of an old Star Wars game, but I'm going to reference... Which was Star Wars Epic Duels was the original game. Right. And I bought that because you guys told me to. Unmatched oh, or... sort of. The you said uh, it was Epic really Duels. Oh. I, I told him yeah. that it was based off of that, so he yeah. bought the original. Well, you found it. Spend some money on it. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay, ladies, come on. We got to get Jared to date so he doesn't spend this much money on, <laughs> on a game that is no longer in print because I know how much he spent. Uh, anyway, uh, so that means, never mind. Um, whoever had the idea of reskinning that old Star Wars game and using uh, classic characters from novels, uh, the first one is King Arthur, Sinbad. Uh, the Medu- Traveler, not the comedian. Medusa. Medusa, and then Alice from Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, okay, fight. Like, whoever did that. And we're going to have more that you can mix and match together. Yep. It's not just That's this box with this box. No, you part. do mi- one character from this against that one from that one, up to four players, all from four different sets. We played fight. with the Raptors and King Arthur the other day. And that was just fun. Yeah. The Raptors from, from, from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park set. It was just fun. I, and they've got the Marvel license and the now. Marvel license now. Yeah. Uh, and Match is doing great things. They're doing fantastic. They're doing a really. The minis are really cool. The rules are simple. My kids can play it. Uh, they get a little lost with like the strategy, but it works. But they can play the game. They don't. Right. They don't necessarily have the right strategy for this than that. However, they can still do all of it. My my oldest can play X Wing. We just take out like most of the cards. So movement. And then Shoot. attack, and that's it, you know. But unmatched, whoever came up with the idea to to redo it. Short term, let's say Restoration Games, because they're the publisher that the IP. Restoration Games, yes, that produced the thing. And it's just one of those games that uh, I've just had fun with such a variety of people, people that like like the Lord of the Rings games I play with. Uh, my wife, she'll play this one. Uh, so it's it's a large spectrum of people that just enjoy the game. I've got the designers here. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Rob DeVal and Justin Jacobson. Cool. That works well. They're my us. heroes. Uh, and I'll go last saying my hero of the week is, I'm going to say my dad. Last week was Father's Day. Um, he raised, he, he and my mom both uh, raised me and my two brothers. So that's a family of five. <laughs> Good job. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not in jail, so we're counting that as a win. <laughs> That's and we're not actively feuding one. with each other, so we're counting that as a win. It's two. <laughs> we all survived. <laughs> and there's a couple, couple times it could have been questionable. <laughs> uh, but no, this past weekend was Father's Day. Um, he worked at a Superior Metal that turned into American Trim for mm. 50 years, a long time. Um, yeah, and he and my mom now, so he's retired officially from his job. But they have their own business they started up. They do DJ, photo booth, um, printing for weddings and invitations or anything you need printed, they can do that too. They do a really good job with their business. I've seen they do them. a lot of I've stuff. Them and it's like, wow, this is you're keeping yourself busy yeah. after retirement. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh I wanna say they have close to a hundred uh wedding venues booked for their DJ business, DJ wow. slash photo booth this year. That's awesome. So, and I mean, they've been they've been making a business for 
a decade now because it was right around your wedding when they first start when they were first starting it. Oh yeah, right, yeah. So that's right. But they're they're doing good with that, and I've helped them do some businesses with them, and I've helped yeah. them sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I want to say happy father, happy belated Father's Day, and. That's right. None of, neither one of you mentioned your parents, so I'm counting yeah. that as me sucking up points. Uh, I, so yeah. I mentioned a dog, so. And Nightwing is a father to the dog. There you go. From a certain point of view. There you go. Uh, and Adrian's a father himself, too. I was so. going to say, are you really going to bring my family into this? Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, if we're going. You have him. father figures, though. <laughs> Neil, you could, I mean, you can't, mm-hmm. you could say he mm-hmm. is definitely a good father figure. For not just you, but for the entire church as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I want to say my dad is my hero of the week. Yeah. So cool. uh, with that, we'll say we are out for this week. Barring any complications. Like I said, Jerry and I will be back next week. And we'll talk about stray dogs and who knows what the subject matter will be. We have a week to figure that out. So yeah, we'll go from there. We'll figure that out next Wednesday. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so until then, we'll see you all next time.